Let's pray. We are here this morning, God, because you are great. You are great and you are worthy to be praised. And God, what you have done for us in Jesus that we celebrate today, we cannot fully comprehend and we cannot fully give you thanks for, for all that you have done in him. And so God, as we gather, we just pray that everything that happens here this morning, everything that we are, everything that you are working on us to become is to your greatest glory. We thank you for this time and this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So, a few years ago, we made the change, and we said, we're not going to call it Easter Sunday anymore. We're going to call it Resurrection Sunday. Man, did we get funny looks in a few, more than a few comments. I don't know what Easter means. I do, because I've read the history. It's really got nothing to do with Jesus. Resurrection Sunday, I understand. Resurrection Sunday is the day that we gather and we recognize and we celebrate as a Christian church the day that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, walked out of the grave. We celebrate He was crucified and He died and He was buried and on the third day He rose again and today He is alive. You heard that Scripture. Why are you... You were here looking for Jesus. He's not here. He is alive. He's not in the grave. He's alive. And that is what we celebrate. Uh, it began for us really a number of weeks ago and we started looking at the season of Lent and we looked at our own sinfulness on Ash Wednesday and we carried through the next few weeks and then on Friday we gathered and it has become our tradition here. We had a Good Friday drama and two times we filled this room uh, with a play, and an act, a drama that reminded us that Jesus and His disciples were real men, real men who had been impacted and changed by Jesus. There's a picture that we've got of what it actually looked like. It's a play based on the picture there, the painting that Da Vinci did, The Last Supper. And the first thing that I want to ask you this morning is, have you been changed by Jesus? Is Jesus' resurrection personal to you? Or is it just a day that you celebrate because, well, everybody celebrates? See, the resurrection that we celebrate that Jesus has, that the day that he walked out of that grave, that he wasn't there anymore, that tomb could not contain his body because it was meant for dead people and Jesus is alive. The same new life that Jesus experienced that first resurrection Sunday is the same new life that He invites you and I into. Because the very same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is there to raise us to new life. The same power that was at work in Him can be at work in us. It's why we've got this sign that we just leave up on the back wall of our platform. God is at work. It's a reminder all the time, every time we gather. God is at work in this place. And if you let Him, God is at work in you. In your life, in who you are, in what you're becoming, in overcoming what you've been. God is at work, and that's what we celebrate. God is at work. And what the Bible tells us is that because Jesus lives, because Jesus was raised to a new life, the Bible says that you and I can live, we can truly live the life that we were created for. Not the world's definition of life, because the world does everything almost polar opposite of what it is that God does. God gives us this definition of what it is to live in Him. And so the world turns it around and makes it selfish, makes it all about us. The world's 
definition of the best life that you can live is about self-indulgence in things that have no lasting meaning or value. And as soon as you get what it is that the world tells you you should want, no sooner do you realize that that doesn't make you feel any better and you're off to look for something else. No, the life that God calls us to is very different. So what does it mean to live the way that God intended? It means that your life, the life that you're living right now here today, can be completely and radically different than the life you walked in here living, the life you lived yesterday, the life you've lived up until now. It can be changed right here, right now. And it all begins with the very same thing that sent Jesus to the cross. It begins with love. Specifically, God's love for you. Now, make no mistake, the, the Jewish religious leaders, the people, the Romans that were responsible, that, that sent Jesus to the cross and crucified and killed him, they didn't love him. In fact, most of those folks didn't even really like people. They liked their rules. Yet they sent Jesus to the cross, even though he had done nothing wrong. The only thing that they could really pinpoint was that Jesus made them feel uncomfortable. And so what they became is they became the very worst of what human beings can be. They took an innocent man and they sent him to his death because he made them feel uncomfortable, because he talked about a way of life that they knew they couldn't reach on their own. He talked to them about a way of being, of thinking, of seeing the world and the people around him that made them feel uncomfortable. Sadly, the, the same cruel self-righteousness that sent Jesus to the cross, it's still alive and well in our world. It's still alive and well in people. No doubt you have felt the sting of judgment. No doubt you felt the hurt of condemnation of people who are saying things about you that aren't true or that just simply don't need to be said. Jesus understands that. God and His only Son Jesus, however, they're different. They are love. Their love in its purest and truest and most incredible form, the most incredible sense that we'll ever experience in our lives. That's what today is about. To have new life in Jesus then, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a new person, a new creation? It's more than about just deciding to do things differently. It begins when we admit and acknowledge and confess our sinfulness that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And until we do that, all we're going to do is try over and over to improve ourselves on our own. But when we acknowledge our sinfulness and our need for a Savior, and we submit our lives to Him and we say, Jesus, I'm done living for me. I want to live for You now. I'm, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. It's that giving up of our own will and submitting our lives to Him where we begin to become the new creation in Jesus. And in that moment... That new creation moment, the resurrected Jesus begins to live in us. And he goes from being someone that we read about that's out there somewhere else to someone who lives right here. The risen Jesus begins to live in us. Becoming a new creation means that we're changed in a very literal sense from the inside out and we begin to see the world differently. We begin to see the world in a way that we can't see without Jesus. We begin to see people and situations and circumstances the way that Jesus sees them. And the only way that it can happen is that we become a new creation 
with new eyes that look at others like Jesus does. Now, now let's be clear. This all begins when we acknowledge our sinfulness. And so you need to understand that when Jesus looks at you, he knows all about you. You've got no surprises before Jesus. There's nothing that you can keep secret from him. All of Psalms 139 talks about how God knows you so intimately. He's known you forever. He knows every part and facet of your life. He knows every good thing you've ever done. He knows every time you have been kind or compassionate and no one ever said thank you and you got no recognition. God knows. God also knows what you love and what you fear. God knows what you're passionate about and God knows what you can't stand. But also, he knows every single sinful thought you've ever had. Every single sinful word you've ever spoken. Every single sinful thing you've ever done. God knows you that well. And you know what? Because he knows you so well, because he knows everything about you, Jesus willingly went to the cross to die for your sins before you even knew who he was. So when we confess our sins, when we repent and we say, God, I can't do it on my own, I've tried. I can't escape who I am. I can't escape what I want. I can't escape what I've become. When we repent and we ask God's help in turning and not being that person again, not continuing to live in that life of sin, when we submit our lives to his authority and we begin to live for him, God makes us into this new creation that the Bible talks about. And we begin to see differently because now we begin to see people with the eyes of Jesus. We begin to love people who maybe you didn't like or couldn't stand with the heart of Jesus. You begin to live a life that is more like Jesus because that is a part of becoming the new creation. You become less like you and more like Him. All because Jesus loved you and died on the cross for your sins when you were still a sinner. Jesus did all that for you before you even knew who He was. That is why we talk about the love of the cross and the love of Resurrection Sunday. Good Friday wasn't good for Jesus. Don't get me wrong. It was horrible. I can't imagine a person living through a more brutal, horrible day in their life. But it was good for us. And it was good for us because of what He did... And then God turned around right after the world thought that it had won and Jesus had been defeated. God raises him to a new life and God invites us to be raised into that new life with him. One of the ways I've heard it explained a lot is that God loves you just the way that you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Jesus went to the cross knowing that you were a sinner, but he loved you so much that he gave his life for you so that you didn't have to live in your sin. So what's our response? What do we do with that? That can easily be Bible knowledge that we file away and we can sound smart when someone asks. But what does it mean? What does it do to make your life different? Well, it turns out that a lot of us have gotten really good at adult, as adults at that kids game that we teach children, hide and seek. We've gotten really, really good at hide and seek. And the game is as old as Adam and Eve in the garden. God puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
It's the most perfect place he created, the most perfect place on all of earth. And he says, Adam and Eve, enjoy. Love each other. Love your life. Love this place. You can have the run of the place. And there's stuff for you to discover that take the rest of your lives. But there's one tree. There's one tree, God tells Adam. You have to leave that one alone. Don't eat the fruit of that one tree. So Adam and Eve, being a frustrating amount like you and I, did what? They ate the fruit of that one tree. And immediately they knew that they had sinned. And everything changed. But God, because He loved them, the Bible says, came down to the garden. And as He's walking around in the garden, He's asking for Adam and Eve. He's asking where they are. Where are you, He says. And what did they do? They hid. First ones ever to play hide and seek with God. God knew exactly where they were. They still hid. And so then God, when they get together, He says, well, what happened? How do you know that you've sinned? You know what Adam did? He sought to blame Eve. It's her fault. She told me to. I did it because she told me to do it. Hide and seek. It's so easy to seek out someone else to blame for our sin. Adam chose to seek out Eve. And yet all these years later, we're really not any different. Romans 3.23 says, All have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Maybe you know those people in your world that want everyone to think that they've got everything right. They never sin. They do everything so perfectly well. God is pleased with them. You know what? The Bible says even they have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it all began back in the Garden of Eden. Every single one of us. And yet what we do is we continue to hide our sin from God and we continue to seek out the sin in others so we can point it out, we can make a spectacle of it. As though somehow that makes our sin less awful. Maybe God and everybody else will pay attention to them and ignore me. Maybe nobody will see what I've done. It doesn't work that way. God already knows. And the Bible says He still loves you. You see, the depth of your sin isn't most important. That's what the world wants you to believe. The depth of your sin is a little bit worse. It's makes you a little bit further away. It's not the depth of your sin that's most important. The love and sacrifice of our risen Savior is most important. And that's what we're celebrating today. We're selling the sacrifice. We're se- excuse me. We're celebrating the sacrifice. And we're celebrating the fact that God raised Him from the dead that we could have a new life. That is true for you, along with everyone else who's willing to believe that. And so our churches and the Christians in those churches and people who call themselves Christians but who don't go to church should be the same as Jesus. See, we're not supposed to dismiss sin. We don't ignore sin. We're not supposed to pretend it doesn't exist, but we are supposed to be like Jesus and put people in compassion and forgiveness. First, after all, forgiveness is what we all expect from other people. That hasn't been your experience in the church of compassion and kindness And forgiveness and acceptance hasn't been your experience. I'm sorry. See, Jesus gives us, even in our sin, this gift of dignity, this gift of compassion, kindness. And Jesus offers you the very same thing, no matter the depth of your sinfulness, no matter what your sin is. Jesus offers you a clean slate, another chance, a fresh start. Jesus offers you forgiveness and new life in Him. And so the question is, have you accepted that from Jesus? Or is today just another day to get together with family and celebrate with a good meal? 
Have you accepted the gift that Jesus gives you, and are you living for him or are you living for yourself? If you're here today, whether you're live or online, maybe you're watching later in the week, we say around here that God sets divine appointments with his people. You chose to be here. You made a plan. You worked it out. You swam through our parking lot at one point. God made a divine appointment, and with that divine appointment, there's a divine invitation set for you by God himself. See, we're here because we celebrate the new life that Jesus stepped into when he walked out of that grave. And today, that new life can be yours as well. Jesus is alive and he's waiting for you. What is your answer for him? So don't let this opportunity, don't let this invitation that God is giving to you become, to become a new creation pass you by. You're here and you're listening for a reason. It's a divine appointment with your Creator. Maybe you're listening, you're thinking, you know what, I kind of relate to the people who are the accusers. I relate to the judges. I relate to the one that likes to point out the sin of others because I don't want anybody to see my sin. It's easier for me to, to talk about other people than to confess my own sin. Maybe you can relate to the ones who judge and condemn and humiliate other people for their sins. You know what? God can change you. That's what today's about. Maybe God is giving you the gift of conviction. The gift of hearing His voice and being able to see yourself in your life and your sin the way that God sees you. That's conviction. And God is saying, you know what, there's some things that you need to deal with, but I'm here to help you. See, God can change you. Maybe you show up today and it's like every day you're struggling. You just can't seem to get back to this place, you know, get back from this place, whatever this place is. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you keep struggling with an addiction. Maybe you were involved in a divorce and it just hurts and it doesn't go away. Maybe you hurt someone or maybe you stolen or lied about something. God can change you. That's what today is about. Any one of those things and the world wants to point them out and they want to hang them like a sign around your neck the way they hung the sign over Jesus' cross. They want the world to never forget your past, who you were. What got you to this point? Here's the thing. Those things might describe your past, but it does not have to define your future. Who you have been is not who you have to become. That is why we celebrate new life in Jesus' resurrection, because Jesus can change all of that. Your future cannot be an endless repeat of your past. It can be a celebration of the new life, the new creation that God builds in you, a life of resurrection power in the name of Jesus. All of us, everyone, we don't know it, but we're walking dead people. We're walking dead people because we're dead because of our sin. We're dead in our sin. And then it gets to the point where we do it so much, we're dead to our sin. But we can be alive because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus was raised from the grave, he invites us to be raised from our graves as well. Today is the greatest celebration in your life, and it should be. But if it's not, maybe today is the day that you recognize that Christ is risen, but today he's going to be alive in you. That's the resurrection power of Jesus. It's not too late. You're not too old. You're not too far gone. You haven't done too much. Christ is risen, and the thing is, he's risen for you. Jesus gave his life for you, and 
All he really asks is, will we live for him? So the statement that we've taken on for today is this, he is risen. Is he alive in you? Because that's God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life was that Jesus die on the cross as payment for the penalty of our sin and God would raise him from the grave to a new life so that you and I could have a new life in him. Is Jesus living in you? If he's not, you know what? Today might be your day. We've got people in the back corners where the lights are on after the service. We're going to have people here in the corners where the lights are on above the prayer signs. They would love to pray with you. They would love to explain more about it. They would love to tell you how truly simple it is to step into a personal relationship with Jesus. And it begins acknowledging that you're a sinner who's in need of a Savior. A Savior whose resurrection we celebrate today. Let's pray. God, thank You for what it is that You've done through Jesus. Thank You that You did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. God, thank You that the new life, the new creation that Jesus entered into when He walked out of that grave is the same new life, the same new creation that we can walk in in the very same power. We can leave, we can leave the things that have entombed us, the graves that we have dug for ourselves, we can leave all of that for a life with Jesus. And that is what You created us for. That is what You desire for us. God, help us to hear and to see and to understand and to know that Your invitation is real that Jesus is real, and that salvation and new life in Him is real. It's in His name that we pray. Fear is not our future, not because of who we are, because of how hard we try, but because of Jesus and what He's done for us. That is the reason that we celebrate today. When we try to live life on our own, just trying to do things a little bit better every day, it ends up being that we're so afraid because all those things the song talks about eat away at us. But when we know Jesus as our Savior, we know who we are, we know whose we are, and we know that we know where it is that we're going to spend our eternity, and that's with Him. Uh, next series, if you think maybe uh, you're too far gone, that God can't reach you, that whatever you've done is more than what God can handle, we've got a series called God Who Does the Impossible. We're going to look at real people who lived real lives just like you and I in the Bible and what God did in their worlds and in their lives that would be impossible for us but that God was able to accomplish anyway. If you're young people, if you've got kids, we got some fun stuff for them as they walk out today. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to worship the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with us here today at the open door. We got one more song before you go. And for all of you who know Jesus, you understand this truly is a glorious day. Have a great week, everybody.